So right now it's zero zero top of the fourth. Um, we are also one minute away from having Kevin Kernan, uh, and we are one minute away from NFL schedule drops on ESPN. Of course, we've seen schedule dropping all day. Now it's just about you know us factually knowing if this leaks were correct, and and I'm sure the bulk of the leaks are are correct. I've seen the whole Patriots schedule. The one that I've been waiting for, Pat's Bucks, week four. And there's a lot of reasons why I think they're dropping it this early, but we'll talk about that on the on the second part of the night. But uh, now we're about to talk all things baseball with the wonderful Kevin Kernan. Yes, sir. We are now with the wonderful, wonderful Kevin Kernan, who does who writes some fantastic art articles for Ball Nine. Um, you know. You know, so far, it's, it's, we're in the second month of Major League Baseball. They'll say four, but I say we've seen five no-hitters. What, you know, do you think we've seen that many because hitters are just bad and the ball's changed, or do you think the pitching just got so better? No, the pitching's not that much better. Um, that's a good question, and the bottom line with the no-hitters is we're not talking about Sandy Koufax, um, you know, uh, guys like that throwing no-hitters. It's a, The one thing that I've noticed with the no-hitters, and John Means was a good example, um, change-ups. If you throw a change-up now, you're going to be way ahead of the game because, uh, uh, and Wade Miley, uh, you know, he cutters in, change-ups away because all these hitters now, they all have this pretty much the same mentality, the same approach. They're sitting on on a pitch that they can drive, uh, they're guessing a lot, and and um, and so if it's not their pitch and their spot, most of the time they take it. I mean, the, the funny thing about the Miley no hitter too, by the way, I don't, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but basically, um, in about the fourth inning, the catcher uh, Tucker Barnhart came out and, and said, "Hey, uh, I screwed up. I didn't have my, you know, whatever they call that card, you know, the information." Oh card yeah, the wristband. Yeah, that they were on their wrists. He said, uh, "I forgot to put it in." But you know, and you know how superstitious ballplayers are. You know, they weren't going to put it in at that point. He goes, "Let's just roll with it." He goes, "Yeah, cutters, uh, cutters in, change ups away." And, uh, and and the other part of that story was um, the center fielder. He had either put his card in backwards or whatever. But uh, and Miley himself said it. He said he was he was playing right handers like left-handers and left-handers like right-handers. So, so my point is that it, it still comes down to the athlete, still comes down to performing your job. Uh, you can do all, and again, I'm not against information, but you can do all the preparation. Sometimes it's, I call it 5 o'clock preparation. You know, more games are lost at 5 o'clock than at 9.30 uh, because they, they, they basically go over a game plan and stick with it. And I'll give you a perfect example. The other night, uh, Max Scherzer pitches a great game against the Yankees. And uh, the other day, and um, and what do they do? They bring in Brad Hand, who the Yankees handle. If you know anything about the Yankees, that's the kind of guy they handle. Uh, Hudson just blows through the last two out to the eighth inning, but because these these managers can't think for themselves and they're run by upstairs. Any any if that game was like fifteen years ago, and I was covering it fifteen years ago, um, Hudson would have stayed in the game for the ninth and would have blew through the Yankees and, and got it done. But because everything has got to be choreographed 
um, you have these situations. And that's why I, I agree with you too also on the number of no-hitters. To me, Bumgarner is a no-hitter. I don't care what you say. If you change the rules, make the game stupid seven innings long, guy doesn't allow any hit, it's a no-hitter. It's that simple. So, uh, but, but that's the game we, we see today. Um, and it's up to the players to kind of take the game back. And, and it's fun to see a guy like Wade Miley, who I've known for years, who's kind of a little oh, goofy talker talk guy to, to, to pitch that kind of game. So so some of it is good pitching. I'm not taking any away from the pitchers. And the, and the pitchers are athletically now way better than, than at any point before. But, and this, and this is a huge but, this is a 10-story but, they don't have the command. Uh, the great ones don't have a command, and even the great ones sometimes mess up. Even your guy Derek Cole sometimes, you know, he'll be in a good situation in a game, and he'll be throwing fastballs past guys, and all of a sudden he'll he'll because of pitch sequence, and he'll have to throw the slider, or he'll decide to throw the slider, and it gets hit and 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 hurts him. And instead of coming away with a two to one win, that game is tied up or whatever. So uh, there's a lot going on. There's not a lot of good teams in baseball. The Yankees are playing better. I think they've won eight of ten. And we're seeing how weak the competition is. So uh, uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, that, that's my quick read. Um, hey, Kevin, it's James, the other half of the sports team. So hey, Yankees have, hey, Kevin, uh, Yankees have been playing well. But I want to talk about the other team in the um, in sure. New York. Um, the, Mets, the Mets have won their last seven games. They're on top of National League. Um, with, with how the Braves have been struggling and – Philly's just been up and down. Do you think the Mets are going to win the NL East? Yeah, I do. And I said it from the beginning that they would. And um, they're just a better team, if you really look at it. They, ha- they have some flaws. But uh, uh, the Phillies, to me, are, are, are my guess. Is, and I don't think they'll be able to do it. But they have, to me, they're the most dangerous team uh, that, that they would face. The Nationals, because of their manager, just, just can't win, I don't think. Uh, they don't have... They'll probably be trading Scherzer, and that's the end of them, too. They just don't have enough firepower. The Braves made some critical mistakes in the offseason, you know, just uh, what they did. They, they, and, and then the guys guys aren't hitting. Credit Freeman's not hitting. They made the mistake, too, from a uh, ownership standpoint of stretching the Freddie Freeman thing out to his final year. Um, you never want to do that with a guy who's like a Chipper Jones-type player. You want to get him locked up and move forward. And um, so... And they, you know, their pitching issues are a problem. I, I thought the Braves were kind of lucky to skate by last year. It was a 60 game season, and that's why they got where they got. Um, but if you really look at it, the Mets are their own worst enemy. They should be winning this division uh, easily. Easily, they should be winning this division. And um, um, if you go position by position, Lindor learned some things uh, in New York already. He's, you know, he's got the. The problem with him, and I said it in spring training, maybe even the last time you guys had me on, I said his swing is too big. He, he thinks he's a home run hitter. He's got to be Lindor. He's got to hit the ball gap to gap. And um, and he's doing a little bit better job of that lately um, after the incident with McNeil. Um, you know, I think he's a little bit more focused on what he should be doing. And also the firing of Chili Davis, I don't agree with it, but I do think it was one of those firings that work, woke up the team and said, yeah, you know, we're costing guys jobs where we're performing. We need to be better. Because their batting average, it was a weird combination. A batting average was real high, but the slugging percentage was real low. And um, um, and, and Chile had him hit him in all fields. And, and they're still doing that. They're winning some games, you know. 
I've already read some stories where the hitting coach has made it. That's not true. The hitting coach hasn't made a, a bit of difference yet. You know, he may be telling him to, you know, strike, you know, swing at more strikes. But they, you know, you don't think Chili Davis said that? You know, don't don't expand the strike zone. So these these things happen. A lot of times it's a wake up call because players get in their own world. They care so much about themselves, and I think with the uh, the COVID stuff and everything going on. It's a little bit harder to focus, and then all of a sudden they realize, you know, we are a team. We need to, we need to work together, and, and uh, especially for in our coaching staff, we need, to, we we don't want guys fired. I, I and you saw what Alonzo's reaction was. He, he was, and I know Tom Slater well. But Tom came from the Yankees. He was a Yankee hitting coach for many years, and um, those two very good hitting coaches. So, um, you know, with Carl Baum, we'll see where it goes. Um, I did a story Sunday because uh, nobody gets any information anymore with the Zoom thing. It's real hard to get people. But I, I did a story on a guy earlier this year who wrote a book, um, "Teach Your Kids to Hit So So They Don't Quit," and it's all about um, it's all about making sure your kids have a pretty much a, a level swing, um, you know, and, and make contact. It's very important for kids to make contact so they continue to play the game through the age of 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Well, this guy gets a call in the middle of spring training from a Mets minor league hitting coach, and lo and behold, it, it, it was the guy who's the new hitting coach. But it was back in spring training, and he not that he he believes in lift, and I believe in lift to some degree too. But he believes in lift. But he was exchanging ideas with this guy who wrote this book, and that tells me something about there's a guy trying to learn his craft. And when he was a um, just so you know, when he was a player, he was terrible, terrible hitter. But sometimes the worst hitters, the worst. I talked to scouts with the Tigers organization that, that where he was drafted. They said he was unable to make adjustments. He was the worst hitter imaginable. But sometimes those guys make good coaches because they're not that talented, and they have to find a way to survive. And they really study their craft. So we'll see where it goes from here. But the bottom line, with the pitching they have, the Walker signing was a, a, a very good signing for the Mets. And also the Mets, I will say this too, they, they dodged a huge bullet with the Jared Porter situation because you can see what the Diamondbacks, I was wondering why he even got the job in the first place. The Diamondbacks didn't excite me. And, you know, with the other teams he was with, they've been going downhill for a while, for the most part. So, um, uh, you know, uh, getting him out, has I, and Zach Scott, I don't know much about him, but he's certainly, in my mind, better than Porter. And uh, so, so the Mets seem to have things going in the right direction now. And um, and and Chili Davis was one last thing. And Chili, he was dead meat, really. He was dead man, walk, dead coach walking from day one because Scott came from the Boston Frank Frank Trust that fired him way back in Boston. Um, you mentioned Max Scherzer. He's he's going to be a free agent after this year. He's thirty six years old, but he is one hell of a pitcher. He's the type of guy to where. He's gonna give you great postseason starts. So if if you're the Nationals and you're looking to trade him, what what kind of trade are are you looking to get for Max Scherzer? Well, you gotta you gotta get a power young arms back. You got maybe a guy that can pitch. It's, you gotta get pitching back. You gotta get pitching back. Now they had some hitting issues the Nationals, but Scherzer to me is he's at that he's a Verlander type. The team that trades for him. Will be like when when the Astros got Verlander. That that's he's that kind of difference maker. Um, I don't put him up there exactly with Degrom, but he's in that neighborhood, and uh, they better get something back for him. <laughs> you know, because there'll be teams. 
when, when a guy like that gets on the market, there, there will be teams who are very interested. So it'll be some, you know, it's like when I predicted that Blake Snell would be traded to the Padres. I, after, the day after game six, I predicted that when when they gave the game away because I figured that the Padres would need him because of the Clevenger injury and things like that, and they had the young talent. So it'll be a team... It'll be a team like that that really needs a starting pitching that has some young talent. Uh, that's that's right. That thick of things. So, do you think it would be smart for possible. the Yankees to trade for him? Of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, uh, uh, and and the Yankees always overestimate their talent and always overrate their talent. So it's never as good as they say it is. So why not trade for him? But you know, that's the funny thing when you get to that kind of trade and. Um, you know, I know a lot of people over in the uh, Nationals organization. They're still kind of scout based. They're not totally scout based like they once were. Uh, so they they, they 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 would put the bodies out there. They they'd make sure they're getting the right talent back if they were to trade shares or type and um, trade shares or so. So they would know what they're doing. So they would. Do the Yankees have those kind of arms? I don't know. You know. Um, I do know this. I talked to some scouts uh, that were at the Yankees low class A games this week. Um, it used to be the Florida State League. It's now called some stupid like low low A <laughs> Southeast League, and it's not even in the Southeast. East, all these teams are in 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 Florida, but the elite is running baseball now. Uh, you know, Rob Manfred and his right hand man Morgan Sword, who's running all this minor league stuff. It used to be Jeff Lunau until he cheated and got bumped and basically got it, lost his job. Lunau was the guy directing all these minor league changes. Very close friends with Manfred, so now it's this kid Sword. So they, they're such elitist there that they don't probably don't even know anything about Florida, and they they called you know they they changed the PCL name, it's the greatest name in the world, Pacific Coast League. It's romantic. It's everything. That's now Triple A West. So we have nine. Uh, the great thing about baseball through the years was the romanticism of the game. That's all being thrown out the window by Manfred and company. And uh, so all these things have been changed. So the, the the point is they played the need in like a five game series, some crazy series, and I think they might have won most of the games. The need was terrible. These teams don't have any coaching now. Everything's measurement based. They're measurables. I call them measurables. The um, uh, so, so the, in the old and, and I hate to say old days, but in the old days, uh, if you didn't know how to do relay throw, coaches would teach you how to do it. These teams don't even know how to do relays anymore. Um, one quick story about the Toronto game: that a young, uh, I think he was a Cuban kid, throwing the heck out of the ball. But the whole series, they were having trouble covering first, so that tells you they don't work enough on PFP pitcher fielding practice. Like the third or fourth part of the game, the kid has got a big arm. There's a little little tapper hit. He's got to cover first base. He's slow getting to the bag. He runs into the runner, hurts his knee, and he's out for a month. Those are the things, guys, that you never hear about. You just hear that he hurt his knee in the game. But the fact that they're not coaching and teaching these guys how to do the proper coverage in first base set this kid back. He's already missed a year because of the COVID thing like they all did, no minor leagues. Now he's going to be set back a month, and you know how it is when you come back. So he's basically going to lose another year. These are the little domino do, domino effects, I call it, of what's really happening in the game. And to find out these little things, you really got to do your homework. You just can't rely on the teams giving you information. Now, here's now I want to talk about this about baseball in general. Now, obviously, um, the the collective bargaining is going to expire. And one of the things I've been a big advocate on is getting universal DH. 
into the game. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. do you think that we will have, assuming assuming there's a new collective bargaining agreement in place, will we have a universal DH and B will Manfred move the ball? Will move the um the extra inning rule from ten innings to like twelve? And C will baseball ju- will baseball like reduce the balls again because offensive numbers at, are at its lowest it's ever been. Well, I think the balls are used still. I don't. I, these balls. Are t- if you see how these opposite, and, and again, it's the oppo, it's the oppo taco shots, shots that you see. That these things you just didn't see uh, in the past, and so you occasionally see them. It's funny. I was watching, uh, like I think it was a 1971 All Star game, and the Clemente hit one opposite field in Tiger Stadium. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, they probably back then they probably used juice balls in All Star games to make it more exciting. And uh, that this ball is still taking off. You're seeing something. Yeah, Zanino. What, what did he hit? A 480 foot homer yesterday, or something like that? Yeah, yeah he deep center field. It's a joke. You never saw that in the past. So the ball is still juiced. They still have these big swings. So when they do make contact, it's going to go. But let, let me throw some numbers at you because I'm not just spouting off the top of my head when I make my comments. So I, I back it up. You know, there's only three teams in baseball right now that have more hits than strikeouts. The Red Sox, Astros, and Angels. That's it. That's the clown show right there. And that and that that that, that shows you where the game's going. It's like um, it's like somebody told me last week. They said, uh, "Yeah, home runs are great. You know, you cheer for your guy when he hits a home run. But then you sit down and you don't do anything for 20, 25 minutes. That Scherzer game. The Yankees struck out 17 times and win the game. Are you kidding me? This is not baseball. Baseball needs to be contact. You know, knocking him runs. Uh, Kind of like the Mets did uh, with their comeback uh, two nights ago. You know, they did a nice job of uh, putting the ball in play and, and creating. That's what gets fans excited. And uh, so the ball is still juiced because they do, they're a one-trick pony um, organization, baseball. So that's what they do. Uh, they just want the home runs. Um, the pitchers are, are – they don't have the command, so they leave a lot of the mistake pitches. You know, the home, you know the, let's get the extra below where we're at it. Stanton's extra below. We know it's off the charts. It's crazy. I just watched him strike out Ryan Yarborough, who throws like 88, if that. You know, he, he worked him, and he struck him out on a changeup, you know, first cold strike three. These guys can still be pitched to. So it's it's what they're learning at the lower levels now. There's not They're not doing um, – one of the great things about my job was in, in many years, especially back, uh, you know, back covering the Padres and things, I would spend all day at the batting cage, you know, for both teams. And you could have conversations with guys at the batting cage. And you watch how they work the batting cage. The first round was always get them, you know, get some bunts down, get get them over, get them in. Uh, and they worked on things. None of that is anymore being done. It's just launch, 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 launch angle. And, you know, it's very interesting this year that, that, that uh, Trout, uh, cut down his launch angle a little bit to make more contact. I think that's the future of the game. A little more contact, not as much, because this ball will still go if you hit it. It's going to go a ton. So um, so there's, there's all kinds of uh, internal issues with the game. And as for the DH, you got to go to the DH simply because they have stopped teaching pitchers how to do anything with the bat in the minor leagues. Now, Jake DeGrom can still hit. You know, you see what he's doing. And Bunt, he was a, he was a college shortstop, so he always had that pride be a good hitter and uh but most of these guys you know what's coming up through the minors they don't even they never they they, they never touch a bat so they it's, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy it's like the shift the shift 
The ship was created because all these guys are doing launch angle, trying to pull everything. So the ship was created. Now you hit the ball into the ship, and it looks like you're, uh, wow, the ship is really good. But the reality of the situation is if you just hit the ball the other way, uh, it's kind of like um, uh, you could just take advantage every inning of, of teams. You could bunt it the other way. Altuve did it the other day. He got a bunt single, and then Brantley gets up, and everybody's on the uh, the right side of second base, and he refuses to do that, and he flies out the center field. So there's so much there for hitters. Again, I saw, you know, Tony Gwynn I talk hitting with every day, uh, all, all through the years, the old Yankee teams, uh, the new Yankee teams, the new Mets teams, um, you know, all this stuff. Hitting is still the same. You need to hit the ball where it's pitched, take advantage of the green. I do see a little bit more of that now with certain players, and that's, that's an encouraging sign. But will their egos let them do it? I'll tell you one quick story. Going back to Griffey. Ken Griffey Jr., good friend of mine, Hal McCoy, is a fantastic reporter in Cincinnati. He, he, he was there all those years with Rose and everything. So when this was all going on with the ship, Griffey was one of the first ones that they really shifted heavily. Now, it goes all the way back to Ted Williams, of course, the ship. So Griffey, so one day my friend Hal went up to Griffey and said, hey, why don't you just, uh, I'm just curious, you know, you're a great hitter, why don't you just... Uh, well, you know, why don't you just hit the ball the other way sometimes? Because they're shifting you like crazy. And this is when shifts are very unusual. And Griffey's reaction, uh, it's not verbatim, but it's pretty close. He said, he says, they can't put a fielder in the, in the, in the, in the right field stands, you know. So, so, so he, he's, uh, you know, in the outfield stands. You can't put a fielder in the outfield seat. So he, he's still trying to lift the ball over the ship. That's their mentality. Their ego is... Well, I'm going to hit it over the shift, and I'm going to drive in runs, and I'm not changing who I am. It's all about ego. Until that changes, uh, you're not going to see a change. The irony, of course, is most times in the postseason, especially the World Series, the team that does those little things usually wins the World Series, just like last year. Clint Frazier just struck out on a high strike, argued with the ump, yep. and he got tossed. Yep. Um, the one thing I hate about the Yankees and – this is why I'm pretty sure they're not going to win a World Series for a while, and 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 all this baby bomber stuff is just garbage. Is is uh-huh. is is like what you said? All launch angles. All these guys, Voight, Judge, Stanton, even Glaber. The only really contact hitter the Yankees have is Tyler Wade and DJ LeMayu. And sure, the, the these guys could hit forty plus home runs and ninety plus RBI. Sure. But they're also going to strike out 70-plus times. And until the Yankees change their philosophy, which they never, never will, and this is why I say Aaron Boone shouldn't get fired. Because if Aaron Boone is managing how the front office wants him to, if Boone gets fired, Cashman got to go too. But that also is never going to happen because that 90s run somehow brought him a lifetime ticket. But the problem I have is, like, like you said earlier, they run these games by a plan. If, if, if that computer can't tell the base game of baseball, they're not going to go against that. Just, just, just like we saw last year with Blake Snell. Pitching the game of his life, because he gives up a second hit, he gets taken out. So, how, how are good teams, how are teams gonna, like the Yankees going to have success go, going forward playing baseball? Well, the, you know, the Yankees, getting back to my, my strike to hit hits uh, ratio, the Yankees have 
going into tonight at 312 Ks, 253 hits. And uh, so whenever you face those good pitchers, the Ks are really going to zoom up there. And it's a good point you make on Frazier. I know Clint very well. When the Yankees traded for him, I talked to the office uh, back then to send me down to Atlanta. I spent like a day and a half with him, went out to dinner. And, and I can tell what kind of kid he is. He's a, he's a nice kid. He cares. He's, he cares a lot about his image. Uh, he doesn't want to disappoint people. He's a pleaser. And and uh, But does he make adjustments? Um, and I'll give you some outfield things. You know, he, he's still he's made those some of those crazy, unbelievable diving catches. But yet, there's times when he throws to the wrong base, or he throws to no base. Doesn't know He doesn't take that simple thing before the ball is hit and say, "Okay, if it's hit to my right, I'm going to do this. If it's hit to my left, I'm going to do that." He doesn't plan out. And nobody there from the Yankees, and this is why I bought Boone. They let him get away with this stuff. Now, I agree with you, Boone. Boone is just a puppet. He's following Cashman's orders. This is what Cashman, Cashman likes, the long ball. And um, the irony was, of course, you know, when we go back to 98, 99, 2000, that, those Yankee teams did a lot of good hitting. You know, that's a yeah. one World Series, <laughs> you know. <laughs> to and, me, and to me, those cool. teams had heart. Like, they had skill, but they also had a lot of heart. They knew how to play gritty baseball. These guys, not only do I think they're so soft mentally, it's like it's like if you try to tell them to do this, they get mad. So it's it's, it's like, come on, what what are we doing here? You know. Well, you know, a lot's changed in twenty years. You know, with, with personalities of people and Twitter and, and 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 young people. And don't forget one thing, and this is very important. Don't overlook this factor. What did that team have back then? It had Gene Michael, Stick Michael, who who knew baseball, knew how to knew how to knew how to scout guys, and Stick did a phenomenal job putting those teams together. And exactly what you just said, getting grit, getting toughness, getting you know guys who would get the job done no matter what, and adding those pieces. And uh, into you know uh, the Yankees still have some great scouts like a Tim Nairing type, but but they've relied so much on the analytical guys. Those guys are taking doing the back burner now. So that's why you're getting it. Everything is looking at an iPad as opposed to somebody needs to just get Clint Frazier's face and say, listen, grow up, stop it. I don't care if you have the world's fastest swing, you know, which every you know whatever legendary swing. You know what? You know. Uh, if you got such a fast swing, you know, let the ball travel a little deeper and hit it the other way harder and, and have a plan. Get a plan. But my theory is, especially now with Frazier, so I think they're showcasing him because when, when they do want to make one of these big trades that maybe could be made this year, whether it's a Trevor Story or whoever, um, you know, I think they're trying to showcase a guy like Frazier right now. Um, and 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 they they're hoping he gets hot and they can they can they can sell him as you know the, the future uh, to some team. Uh, but it, the bottom line is you know they should have got Garrett Cole for the trade way back with the Pirates. The Yankees didn't make the effort extra effort. They didn't know add what they needed to add, and they're always a little slow on the draw, and it cost them. And um, and now they have this embedded embedded mentality like you just said like they, they, they do you can see they take things personally you know and uh um, and, and they're tough aaron hicks you know you know he, he, he he's 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 been terrible and uh do, do we see any growth in him as a as a as a player i don't um probably you know, not at some point you gotta be you gotta be smart enough to know when to cut bait with some of these guys and um and he to me he was over it the day he arrived i remember talking to castro about him when that trade was made 
And I'm thinking, wow, what, you know, after I talked to Brian, wow, we're gonna, we're, what a player we're, we're going to see on a nightly basis. And then I saw him. And, and to be honest with you, all the years, the only thing I can remember him doing anything that's memorable. I was in Minnesota when he made that great catch to, for the last out, saved the game uh, a couple of years ago. And um, uh, he's just, he just hasn't developed. These guys haven't developed. They don't develop. The Yankees don't seem to develop these guys. Gary Sanchez has gone backwards. And the other thing, too, I, I just, because again, I'm a little stream of consciousness here, but that's okay. When Gary Sanchez is on one knee, I don't care who you are, steal the next pitch. Brett Phillips was on a key part of the game last night, and he's he's talking to LeMahieu like it's a party, you know, and, and uh, you know, he's not even thinking about trying to steal. Meanwhile, Sanchez is on one knee. He could have walked a second. Later in the <laughs> inning, uh, uh, the, uh, I forget who it was, but one of their, uh, the, the big first baseman over there, he, he saw second easily off of Chapman. You, you can just, you can just, the whole game of baseball is to take advantage of the opponent, and that's what's been lost. They're so into their own games, their own video, their own um, analytics, that they forget the game is about, oh, let me just beat this guy. Let me do something to beat him here. And if you look at the talent of the Rays and the Yankees, the Yankees should be blowing the Rays away, but they every game is close because the Rays know how to play the Yankees, and Cash does a better job of managing uh, than Boone, for the most part. Although i got to give Boone credit. Uh, I think it was last night he, he flipped the, the pitching around where he got basically the right-handers out of the game, so come that ninth inning, Chapman didn't have to face it for so. So, so, but that, 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 that was a good sign, but that those, you very rarely see that kind of stuff anymore. And, uh, but the Rays take advantage and, they, and the Rays aren't, um, the Rays are not, um, they're not, they're, they're not, they don't buy any Yankees BS basically is the best way to put it. They, you know, they, 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 they don't, they don't think they're as good as they are. And they really, you can see when they face Cole, they get all pumped up to keep this game close and maybe win it late in the game with a bullpen. But the Rays thing, too. I mean, their strikeout numbers are abysmal. I think they have the most strikeouts in the game. And um, so they're not, yeah, they're not very good. So, uh, you know, so the Yankees should have a cakewalk in this division this year, and they're making things interesting. Yeah, I mean, they should, but uh, we'll see how this season progresses. So, this is my thing. Um, if if Trader gets traded, we all know Gardner's probably going to be done at some yeah, point. Yeah, he's, he's basically done now. Yeah. Gardner's yeah. basically done now. I give him a lot of credit for hanging in there, but he's done. Yeah. Now, my question is, can we see Esteban Florio make his debut? Because I think, I think Dominguez is more like a few years away. And, uh, and and from what the report's saying, he, he's as good as advertised. But um, could we see Esteban Florio make his way? And if Clint is um trade, like could could the Yankees be smart and say, listen, you know, you cut your losses, you know, you you find a way to move on from Hicks. And if Trazier starts to hit, you can package him for 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 something else, and then you can have Florio come up because Stan ain't going anywhere because of that contract. So, and then also, what can the Yankees do with the catching situation? Because I don't think Gary's a long-term answer, and neither is Higashioka. No, and I will say this. Higashioka has, has really gotten better as a player because he's, you can see he's a smart guy. And he's reacting to, you know, he's, he's taking what the pitchers are giving him, and he's had a little lip, but he's not gone crazy about it, and he's getting the most out of his talent. Uh, it's funny you bring up Florio because I was thinking about this when, when the, the Yankees started pumping him up again the other day. And they read about this and that, how well he's doing. 
So that tells me that they're looking to make a big trade because they're trying to pump up Florio so he gets included in that in that kind of package. It's not about him coming up and being the future. I think they want to try to package him in a big trade. Now they may they may eventually have to do that. And, he, and he, he's been injury prone. He's got some talent. He's, he's a nice kid. I remember talking to him at left uh, two spring trainings ago. Um, so so he may be okay, but until you make these adjustments, you don't know. You know, it's like I, I did a big, big piece on Pete Rose for Sunday at Ball9.com. And Pete always said, um, you know, getting to the majors is not the hard part. Staying in the majors is the hard part. And even for all his faults, uh, I think he was saying he was uh, – you know, um, he, he was on a podcast and I was listening to him and he was saying he was going to speak to the University of Oregon baseball team. And that's that's his main message all the time, you know. And it's so true. Getting to the main, you know, Clint Frazier's gotten here, but staying here now is another story. And, and being the player you can be, he still has a world of talent. I'm not, I'm not saying he's, he, he's, out of, uh, he's out of it, but he's, at some point he's got to go up and make those adjustments and I haven't seen them yet. It's like Rochella. Rochella made some great adjustments and is a solid, solid player. Glaber Torres, I want to get back to him because I have noticed, and I mentioned this earlier in the week, he is starting to make some adjustments with his swing where he was just trying to yank everything. Uh, now he's he's gotten some big hits. He's hit the ball the other way. He's starting to take what the defense is giving him. That's a good sign. So I, I still believe in Glaber. Uh, but I do believe from day one, which I've said, he's not a shortstop. So that's why, to me, the Trevor Story thing makes the most sense, simply because if you add Trevor Story, you put Glaber back where he should be, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you're that much stronger as a team. Then you got LeMahieu, you got Boyd, you got the DH thing going on. You got to figure it all out, of course. But um, what do the Yankees need to do? They need to improve their defense, because you can't count on this defense late in games. And... Uh, Story is a great kid and a great player. Now, does he have the mentality to play in New York? I don't know. You don't know that until he actually plays. But uh, that that's my gut feeling, that they're, they're starting to pump up the young talent because they want to make a big trade down the road. And I, if you're Colorado, the kid's going to be a free agent after next year, I believe. So so you gotta, you got to you gotta trade him. I mean, you can't. Uh, you, you they've got to revamp that whole organization out there, and I think they will. Here's, here's my thing, right? Cause if you if you get one of the amazing shortstop that that's free agent next year, you have to trade Gio Urshela or Luke Voigt because you get the shortstop, you put Glaber at at second, right, and then you you put DJ at third or first. So you're you're losing to gain, and Glaber is not great at second. He's just better at second. As as far as oh, like 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 handling New York, I think and and a lot of Yankee fans don't like this, but the one the one the one that I think can truly handle New York the best is Carlos Correa. He has that bad ass attitude, you know. He 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 has that I know I'm good and y'all don't like me. And and you know what? The Yankees need that. The Yankees need that kind of bulldog in their clubhouse. CC had that bulldog mentality. G- Jeter Mariano, they brought that bulldog mentality. There's no Yankee on this roster other than Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole only pitches twice a week sometimes. So that's not enough. But Correa, he'll give you 120, 130 games at short. 
Now, it's probably not going to happen. He won't come here. But that's the type of player they need. And I would love to trade Frazier. I would love to trade Florio. But you got to get pitching. So, if it's me, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Nationals. Listen, we'll give you Clint. We'll, we'll, we'll give you either Clint and Florio or one of them. And then throw in like a... Albert Abreu or Debbie Garcia, but the problem with that is too, if you trade for Scherzer, you you got to be able to expend him no longer than three years, and he's probably going to want twenty million a year. So that's more money on the Yankees' payroll, but you have to extend him. You can't trade pieces to not to not extend him. So I would love to move Glaber, and and you're right about Clint. You know. All this legendary bat speed, but you're right. He he never makes changes at the plate. He just swings. You know, his attitude seems a little bit better. He's not pouting. He's not doing whoa, look at me, look at me. But he's also not hitting too. How good does this legendary bat speed do us if he's if he's not gonna hit? And Brett Gardner, it is it is what it is. He still gives you very good defense, but he's he's a lifelong Yankee, and. He, you know, he does have an opt-out for next year if he wants to. He has two options, so this might be it. But the Yankees need need to make a big-time move. And if they're serious about winning, you know what? You go trade for Max Scherzer. The only person you don't trade for Max Scherzer is Jason Dominguez and Gleyber Torres. Otherwise, if you have to trade Andujar, Clint, Floreal, Garcia, you do it. Yeah, I, I think you made a good point for that career. They do need yeah, that tough. They don't have a guy that's like a, you know, that tough, tough guy that's going to take on the world. They, they haven't had that in a while. And and Correa, just one thing that would concern me, of course, is he's had the back issues. And yeah. um, any shortstop with back issues is kind of scary. But he he would he would he would bring a certain toughness. And and um, the other thing I want to point out when I first saw saw Glaber in Trenton. My initial reaction was uh, he's not a sh- he's playing shortstop. My initial reaction was he's not a shortstop. I think he's a third baseman, and I still think he's a third baseman. You know, I think you could easily move Glaber to uh, to third base as well. That's an option, and then and then uh, you know then Ogio, you figure it out, whatever. But do you trade him? But um, I just think he's too young and he's got too much ability to uh, to give up on Glaber. But I would want to put Glaber, and this is where you have a conversation with this guy, with, with you guys, and say, where do you feel most at home? Be honest with me. Is it second base? Is it third base? We know it's not shortstop. And then you, you work with him in that capacity, and all of a sudden you get better. You know, Scherzer, all that stuff, yeah, of course, anybody who gets Scherzer, like I said earlier, is going to be like a, it's like getting Verlander when the Astros got him. That's why I think, and don't underestimate this, a team we're not even thinking about that's maybe in, 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 the, uh, in the hunt that has some young talent may step up and get the Scherzers of the world. Because, um, you know, with, with, with the way, they, with the, way, with the, way the Nationals constructed, they, I still think they would be looking for young power arms, and, uh, and, they, and that would be the deal that they would have to make. So, you know, all of it. Getting any of that would help, and that would put them over the top. But my thing is, the Yankees should have done this already. They should have gotten. They should have cleaned up this situation. They should have cleaned up the shortstop situation. Why did you need another year to see that Glaber can't play shortstop? We knew it last year. 
it's not going to change. He's got limited range, and he's he you know he has trouble making some of those backhand plays. And the irony here is that Cashman never really liked Jeter, and now he's got the Yankees. Uh, and Didi, when Didi came here, they weren't big fans of Didi because Didi, the analytical guys didn't like him because he didn't work enough. So that's why they got rid of Didi. They had the answer very simple: just keep Didi around for a year. Um, and they would have been fine because Didi did a lot of mostly. But he, Didi was that kind of player we were just talking about that brings a certain toughness to a team, speaks like four or five languages, friends with everybody in the clubhouse, good teammate. Those players are hard to replace, and and that's that's what scares me most about analytics. They think they can take a player like that, even though he's going down. I get it, he's going down, but you just can't replace that personality. They don't understand replacing personalities because they don't understand the heart and the minds of the game. It's a different game. Uh, it's not just a game that you see on video. And, uh, uh, you know, so, so so there's a lot of things there. Having said all that, we, we do think the Yankees could get to the postseason. They may get lucky if they make the right trade. They, they could roll. But I still don't see them as a World Series championship team. And I think they'll be carved up by good pitching. And, and tonight is a pretty good example of it. You know, they, this is what the Rays do. They, they, they give them different arm angles and it switches them all up. Uh, Mayhew, that's another thing I, I, I just want to bring it up. He's not himself this year. I don't know what's going on, but he's still not himself. He hasn't found his swing. He's not the same Lemayhu we saw last year. And I'm not he's saying not he's not hungry now. He got that security, you know. The 90 million yeah, changes people. Yeah, but he also could be. I've seen it many times. He just struck out, but I've seen it many times. Players at a certain age, and they go down. They start to go downhill a little bit. You know, and he might be at that age. I'm not saying he is, but he might be. Before we get you out of here, Kevin, you ready for some quick rapid fire? Yep, fire away. Okay. Um, this is Gary Sanchez. It's not the long-term answer. Um, do you see the Yankees using a combination of Chirinos and Higgy to be a stop, stop, stop gap until Wells is ready, or do they get another catcher? I think you gotta go out and get another catcher. Uh, Wells is playing low, low A. He's doing okay, but um, um, there's so many good catchers. It's like the the, the Rays with Zanino, Gary Hughes, who the scout who passed away about a year ago. Good, he was a good friend of mine. He's staying when we go to Cooperstown. He's staying in the house with us. He was the godfather for Zanino, and he always told me that this kid is underrated and he'll, he'll do better when he gets out of Seattle. Now, I'm not saying he's the answer, but he's a good catcher. You can find good catchers like that. And and and, and Higgy, Higgy's done the best with what he's got and he's and he's, he's good, but he's not the kind of guy that you're going to count on. This is, I would still try, because he's here, only because he's here. I mean, I would have played with, with, with him a while back, but you, you got to do something with Sanchez to get him a little bit more excited about the game, you know. And I think that in some ways they've ruined Sanchez with all this, uh, you know, the framing stuff and, and, and everything. But, yeah, I think I think uh, I would have loved to see the Yankees gone out. And I know he got hurt, but even like uh, uh, Travis Darnot helped, helped the Rays last year. You know what I mean? There's players like that out there. You just got to know. And you got to know. And, again, this gets back to my main thing here. You got to know personalities. You can't just look at numbers. And um, the negative on Darnell, of course, is he always gets hurt, and he, he got hurt again this year, so you got to take that into account. But, uh, yeah, I think they got a major problem. I, I, I see a different energy level when Gary's catching as opposed to, to when Higgy's catching. And by energy level, I mean with the whole team. 
and now he, I know he's catching tonight with Cole, and and uh, uh, it's good. To, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I know he's tried to catch Cole, and they're trying to work that out, but it's not easy. And uh, it, it's gonna, it's 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 really, for what Gary Sanchez was way back when, and where he's at now. It's really, it's, it's a little sad to be honest with you. Um, do you think that um, that if the Yankees get to the World Series, which team, which National League team that the Yankees would have a better chance of, of, of beating? Well, I think they have. I, I think they would have a better chance if, let's like, like say, they face the Mets than the Dodgers. Um, do you, I still think the Dodgers, the Dodgers have that pitching. I know Dustin May's down, uh, but. Um, Dodgers have a way of sneaking up on things too, uh, making trades. There's something about that. And plus, they're, 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 they've been the champion. I think the Dodgers would be tougher than the Mets uh, if, if they if they face them. Excuse me. If they do, face you, them. do you think Hal Steinbrenner pulls the trigger and if the Yankees either don't make the World World Series or don't even get out of the NL of the ALCS, would he fire Boone and ultimately Cashman? I don't know. I, I think Cashman has his ear so much it'd be very hard for Cashman to. And, and Cashman, you know, he always has that layer of scapegoatism, and uh, and Boone's the next one, the scapegoat. So, so, and I think Hal, you know, I, I don't know how much Hal's heart is really into it. He's not like Hank was, and uh, you know, Hal's more of a hands-off type guy. And uh, and here's the funny thing to me. Since the day the Steinbrenner family bought the Yankees, they were making tons of money, incredible amounts of money. You all know what he, what, what George paid for it, basically out of his own pocket, and the, the zillions he made as a result. They've been making all this money all these years, and you have one year where they don't have fans in the stands for the most part, you know, for any, and they, they lose some money. But meanwhile, they're making money on some other stuff, and now all of a sudden you got to cut back. That's a joke. That's a joke. The Yankees should never cut back. They should be spending more because the Yankee fans always give their best and always support the team. And you know when they can support the team, they'll be there supporting the team, paying the outrageous prices that they do. I used to tell all my friends, don't go to Yankee Stadium. Fly to Tampa for the weekend. Go down to Tampa and watch the game. Spend some time at the beach. And then uh, check out a game and then O2 and then uh, and go home. And it'll be cheaper than buying Yankee tickets and parking. <laughs> You're right about that. Um, if the uh, if the Yankees make the world, the Yankees make the World Series. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Um, it, would that be a success for them, or would it be a success for, um, or, or would it be a failure ultimately? Well, anytime you make the World Series, it's a success. It's like uh, it's like I remember just talking to Joe Torre one year. You know, after they lost to Arizona, Arizona, you know, the, the little little hit that beat them, Game 7, Mariano. Of course, they should have had the infield back. But um, the, um, the the funny thing is, you know, Joe, he tells that Joe used to love telling the story where he remembers walking, he's at spring training next year, or maybe it was after, in the offseason. Uh, you know, a fan walked up to him and said, don't worry, Joe, you'll have a, you'll get him, you'll get him, you'll have a better year next year. And he's saying, geez, we're up to the last out of the seventh game. Can't do much better than that. So if you make it to the World Series, if you make it to the World Series, to me, uh, everybody's golden, even if you don't win it. So it's always successful if you make it to the World Series.
Last quick question. And by the way, by the way, who right now? By the way, the Yankees have won as many World Series as the Marlins since 2003. <laughs> um, last question. Um, who um, who makes who actually wins the World Series? Is it Hal and the Yankees, or is it Steve Cohen and the Mets? Oh, you know Steve Cohen. Teams. Yeah, that's that's the to me that's the interest. I'm glad you brought that up. That's the interesting thing about Hal. Steve Cohen may be the guy that pushes Hal. Because, and I said this earlier, if the Yankees aren't careful here, they're going to lose New York. And you don't want to do that because sometimes it takes years to get back. And and Steve Cohen, you can tell, he's, you know, he's the billion, it's like the TV show, you know. Uh, You know, he wants it. He'll do what he has to do to get there. And, you know, you knew that there was going to be some changes once he started having guys over for dinner. So he's he's the complete opposite of Hal right now, and if, if the Mets do well and the Yankees don't, then this is on Hal totally. And that's to me that's it's not Boone, it's not Cashman, it's Hal. Well, Kevin, especially thank you. Since, especially... oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go I, ahead. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, especially since um, Cohen is talking about building a track for a roof and it's trying to spend money. So hopefully this pushes Hal. To actually do something, so that's all. That's all I just wanted. To no, and, and and you know what? Like I said, they've made enough money. I think eventually, and I could be wrong here. I think uh, I think they'll they'll eventually sell the team. I think I think I think Hal will sell the team. Wow. Well, um, okay. it's a cash that... cow. It's a cash cow, but I think at some point he may just say enough is enough and move on. Wow. 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 Um, Kevin, thank you. Thank, thank you so much for coming on. Before you go, talk to the people about Ball Nine and and talk to us about about Big Fly Gear. Well, Ball Nine, you know, um, Big Fly Gear. We have a lot of good stuff on the uh, website. You can buy and uh, you can check it out. We have fun shirts too. We have an over nerding shirt. We have hats. We have gear. All kinds of gear. Uh, but Ball Nine is a good spot for a baseball fan because we, we, we do in-depth stories. We don't do the same old thing. I mix it up twice a week. Uh, uh, I come out on Thursdays and, and, and Sundays. And and the response I'm getting is off the charts, but not just from fans and stuff like that, but baseball people read Ball Nine. And by that, I mean scouts, coaches, um I'll get texts from people you you know out of the blue from somebody, uh, you know maybe they spent thirty years in the game, uh, former players this and that. So so we tell good stories. Uh, I'm not afraid to take on anybody, and uh, you know it's uh, ball9.com is a great baseball resource right now. And we also have a guy named Rocco Costantino who who has a book out on on on, uh, on, uh, on, on black players and the history of black players in the game. It's it's really a good book.
Thank you so much, Kevin. Okay, fellas. Take care. Talk to you down the road. Yes, sir.